The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian nutritionist and mom to one. And this is Meaningful Living, a community to make parenting and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. Every week, we talk to experts, parents, and answer your questions to share the practical tips and real side of parenting we all need. Because when you remove the doubt, fear, and stress from everyday decisions, you create more time for the meaningful moments. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Today, we are talking about pregnancy, and I'm so excited that we're doing this. This has been a long time coming because we've had so many questions about it, and it can be such a beautiful and miraculous time in our lives, but also a time full of anxiety and stress and obviously discomfort. And so today, let's just talk about things that we wish we would have known. Jess, let's talk about nutrition, things that I wish I would have known going into pregnancy the first time around, and just all the things, all these questions that we keep getting. And and I'm so happy we get to be answering them and just talking about them and opening discussion. All the things. Let's do it. I'm excited for it. Pregnancy, it's one of those things, I think that we so quickly forget all of those symptoms <laughs> once after we have a baby that sometimes you have to yes. like think back. It's so real when it's happening. And then afterwards, I think we block some of it out. So I'm excited for this. So real. That is a very real thing we should talk about. Awesome. I guess I just want to ask you, when did your pregnancy symptoms start and what were they? Good question. Before we hop into it, I think it's important to say that you can be miserable and grateful at the same time. There are some pregnancy symptoms that can be super miserable. As someone that had a harder time the first time getting pregnant, someone going through fertility where I may not be able to have a baby, I am so grateful when I got pregnant and I will be forever grateful if that could happen for me again. But I think it's also, we need to be able to have space to kind of talk about both things at the same time. I think sometimes we don't talk about it because it's like, you should just be happy that you're pregnant or that you don't want to say something in front of another friend that's having a hard time. But I think as a result, we don't talk enough about the real stuff that happens that makes us all more anxious. So I think it's, I'm happy we're making room for this today. I think it's important. Now I'll answer your question. Symptoms. What symptoms did I have? Okay. My symptoms were weird. I would say the first one was nausea, but my nausea did not present like normal nausea. It presented as gagging, which is kind of a little traumatic because that is what I had the day before I was diagnosed. I actually went and bought pregnancy tests before I was diagnosed with cancer because I was gagging. So gagging is, I guess, the way that my body presents nausea. And so when I first got pregnant, I would just gag. It was just, I I would never actually throw up in that beginning period of time. It was just gagging. Wow. Weird, right? Did you just wish that you could throw up? Yes. Oh, I so wished that I could throw up. It was like, oh, if I could just throw up, it would feel so much better. Which it's just, I think nausea is one of those symptoms that we all know that nausea feels miserable. When you have the stomach flu and you're nauseous, it's miserable. It just, it sucks. It it really sucks. And so that was definitely one of my first ones. And then I would say constipation. That was the other one that all of a sudden it was like the first, before I even found out I was pregnant, it was like, oh wait, now I just don't go to the bathroom anymore. I don't know what's going on. And so once I figured out I was pregnant, I realized, but I think those were my two first ones. How did you figure out you were pregnant? When, what were the signs? And you were like, huh, I was maybe, 
I was like waiting for it. I wanted it to happen so badly. So I was the type of person that's like, okay, what day is it? Okay, it's day four. My pregnancy test probably won't be positive yet, but I'm still gonna waste the money and test because I just need to know, I need to know. So with Bryce, I didn't actually wait. It was not a surprise. I was trying for it. And so I like could not wait to take the pregnancy test. Oh. Yeah. So that's how I knew. I took one in the morning and then I found out. Do you remember? Do you remember early symptoms for you? Yeah, nausea. I found out I was pregnant before I had symptoms and I was like, oh, this is so awesome. Like I'm going to have such a breeze. But I found out, yeah, I was very early. And so all of my nausea started at six weeks on the dot for all three of them. And I think I found out about like five weeks that I was pregnant for each one of them, maybe earlier for Atlas. But nausea was a big thing. And varicose veins, those were huge symptoms. But my nausea only lasted 12 weeks for the boys on the dot and then 18 weeks for Liv. So when Atlas came around the third time and 12 weeks, my nausea symptoms were subsiding. I was like, oh, it's a boy. Like, I just, I know it's a boy. I mean, that was just me personally. I know it's very different for every, every single person, but that was like my sign to myself that I knew it was a boy. And the varicose veins, those started, I was probably about eight weeks pregnant with Liv. This was the first pregnancy. And I was in Africa. And I remember being in the car in Malawi and we were driving out to this site in the middle of nowhere. I was with my friend that was doing some maternal health work. It was very cool. Side note. But I looked at my legs and I was like, is this normal? And she was like, oh, those are varicose veins. You should be wearing compression socks. And she's like, you should be wearing those anyways with travel. And we were sitting for long periods of time in the car, especially in Africa. And I didn't really think anything of it. And I thought it was kind of one of those things someone said, oh, like you should do this, but like you don't have to. Right. Well, like a month or two went by and they kept getting worse. And someone was like, wear compression socks. And once I did it, it helped so much. It really like just eased the pain a little bit. I wish that I would have listened to her or started wearing the compression socks like even before that, because I think that they wouldn't have gotten so bad so fast. But through each pregnancy, they just progressively got worse and worse and worse. They're a doozy. I mean, you had varicose veins. Like those were varicose veins. Those were intense. They were intense. Yeah. It looked like I had a a baseball of blue and purple veins on my ankle. It was, and all at my leg, but the baseball on my ankle was just like crazy. So they're so painful. So if you could recommend anyone that's going through it, what would you tell them to do? Compression socks, obviously. Compression socks keep your feet up, but also like movement felt good, like moving around. And I know this is so hard, especially when you have other kids, but like really sit down and put your feet up if you can. What would you recommend? No, all those things. And I think to remember that most of them go away after pregnancy. Any that don't, you can get, there's different procedures that you can get for them. But to take care of yourself, the compression socks are not only for pain management, but it's also really important because you don't want the blood, you don't want to get blood clots in that area. So you want the blood to be able to continue to flow up from your legs upward. 
And right. it's very real. People get varicose veins in their in their crotch. If anyone feels like they just have just fire crotch and it's so painful walking, it's totally possible. That's where they come. A lot of people don't talk about that. And so rest, exactly everything you did. I mean, you're the master with the varicose veins. I, you were actually a trooper. I couldn't believe that you'd get on and off a bus and it would be hot outside and you'd get those compression stockings on no matter what under any outfit that you wore. Well, that was my excuse for buying a ton of dresses. I was like, Tyler, I've got varicose veins. And so I am buying dresses. About <laughs> <laughs> so, all the dresses. But for our third pregnancy, I was a, it got to a point where I was like probably eight months pregnant, almost eight months. And I was like, I almost need to put myself on bed rest. Like, this is so bad. I am hurting. I can't even like stand up to just go get my kids upstairs and, and get them out of bed. And that's when Tyler broke his ankle and tore his Achilles and had surgery. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. And so I had no choice. Like I couldn't do the bed rest. It was, that was such a crazy time for many reasons, but that was just one of the very small factors that really was the kicker at the end of pregnancy. We'll have to share some of your pictures because they're quite intense. They're, they're intense, but yeah. Okay, you guys, sick kids is never fun, especially during the school year, but sometimes no matter how hard we try, and we really, really try to avoid it, pink eye or an earache can strike. We're just getting over an illness over here, and when they come, it can really disrupt everything. Our normal routine, the missed days, somehow figuring out how to get them to the doctor, it's a lot. But fortunately, there are some things you can do to prepare. We highly recommend having a fully stocked first aid kit at all times but especially at the start of the school year. We have it on our site. You can see everything we have inside of it. And Similison Pink Eye Relief and Earache Relief are staples we always have on hand. With Similison products in the medicine cabinet, you can be ready for anything. Similison Pink Eye Relief is the number one best-selling pink eye drop, while Similison Earache Relief has been voted the number one ear pain relief brand by pharmacists for eight years in a row. So when those inevitable childhood illnesses strike, reach for Similison and breathe a sigh of relief. You can find Similison products at any major retailers. When your family needs relief from pink eye or an earache, choose Similison. It's made with natural active ingredients, not harsh chemicals, so you can feel good about feeling better. Similison is sold at a store near you in the eye care and ear care aisle. The Similison team wants you to be prepared for the school year, so they are offering a sweepstakes for a $500 Visa gift card and a Similison School Essentials prize pack. Go to similisonusa.com slash win to enter. That's S-I-M-I-L-A-S-A-N-U-S-A dot com slash win and include meaningful living in your entry. Have you been looking for a place to talk all things parenting? And I'm not talking about who makes the best stroller, but the really important stuff like how to be a better and more connected parent or how to raise children with empathy. Well, you are in the right place, folks. My name is Brandi Jordan, and I am a doula and parenting expert. And this is my show, Dear Doula. I will be giving you practical and impactful tips to parent with more joy, more calm, and more ease. I will also be talking to parents and experts who will be helping us to reimagine what it looks like to nurture ourselves and parent in more gentle and mindful ways. I am so excited to be in community with all of you. Can't wait to hear from you. Nausea. What are some ways that people can manage nausea? Because they know it is so debilitating and, and awful. It's, it's so bad. 
So nausea happens. I think the reason it happens is there's a couple different reasons, but it's really this change in hormones. There's change in your blood pressure because you're building. I don't know if you know this, but when you're pregnant, you actually double your blood volume. So you get a whole lot more blood pumping, pumping around. And there's also constipation that comes with it. So it's usually multifactorial of why it comes. Like what you said, which is so funny, is that it peaked at 12 weeks for the boys and 18 weeks for the girls. It usually peaks between 12 to 18 weeks is is usually when it peaks. If you are in a situation where it's going longer than that point in time, or if you're dehydrated, you cannot keep food down or you can't gain weight, those are times to bring it up with your doctor because you might have a condition called hyperemesis gravidarum, which is where you basically have very, very severe nausea. So all of the things that I'm going to talk through of how you manage it is not for the most severe cases. Those a lot of times medication is needed and it's definitely something to talk to with your doctor. So nausea, first key, most important thing, have something in your stomach all the time. So small, frequent meals. So the first thing when you wake up in the morning, have crackers at your bedside. I love the Mary's Gone crackers. Any cracker that you can tolerate, keep them on the side of your bed, put some food in your stomach. And then before you go to sleep, have an extra snack before you go to bed. It's counterintuitive because when we're nauseous, we don't want to eat, but an empty stomach actually changes some blood sugar changes in our bodies and things like that, that it actually makes pregnancy-related nausea worse. So it's very counterintuitive, but always have something in your stomach. Stay hydrated, but don't take large gulps of water. A lot of times large gulps of water make us nauseous, but it is important to stay hydrated. Just just small sips throughout the day. Citrus really helps. So you can do like a lemonade and take small sips of that. I really love lemonade ice cubes. That is what got me through the first trimester and so many of my clients. You just basically put lemonade in little ice cubes and you can suck directly on them or you can put them in your water to flavor it up a little bit. Yum. Right? I want some now. But if you I see me too. drinking lemonade, Haley, you know I'm pregnant. Yes. The other thing is motion sickness bracelets. So these are newer. These weren't as popular when when you were pregnant with Liv or when I was pregnant with Bryce, but there is some really good research and people love them. There's motion sickness bracelets. And then there's also this thing called MTEM nausea electrode type thing. A lot of women love that. So that's something you can do and just wear it. And when the elastic wears out, replace it. People swear by them. And then I think other types of just really simple things. There's some teas. So ginger really helps with pregnancy-related nausea. So ginger, raspberry leaf tea, peppermint can help. Staying cool. We have this fan on our website. We should share this when this episode comes out. It's like a $10, $12 mobile fan. But when you get hot it actually makes your blood pressure go up. And so it can make nausea way worse. So the biggest thing in that first trimester, even though it sounds so nice, don't take really hot showers and and make your body heat, you know, like your body warm up. So that is something that is not talked about enough. But if you can just take a warm shower instead of a super hot shower, or if it's really hot outside, bring a fan with you to keep yourself cool. And then just take it easy. Try as much as you can to not do really fast jerky movements or anything that triggers you, right? So if there's a smell that you're averse to, don't be around it. If there's a perfume that you can't handle the smell or a cologne or something, don't try to not be around it. And uh, the other position, there's like some yoga positions you can do. Movement can help a little bit, but putting your feet up against the wall, you know, laying back with your feet up against the wall or having your feet cross-legged and then bending forward, mm-hmm. that that can really help. Awesome. I just ate bread 
I ate bread. so much sourdough bread. Bread. Bread, bread, and more bread. <laughs> ate it to where it was not beneficial for me. But what was your first trimester experience like? Did you have anxiety? Totally. I was, I mean, you guys know this about me, but I was a person that dreamt about being a mom and it took me a little while to get pregnant. I got to say, once I started doing acupuncture, I, my periods were never super irregular whatsoever, but they were just on the longer end of normal. And everyone said, that's normal. That's normal. Once I started doing acupuncture is when I got pregnant. I had a miscarriage the month right before I got pregnant with Bryce. And so the first month of pregnancy, I was definitely waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was just like, I didn't want to get my hopes up that I was pregnant. I was just like, all right, let me try to be as cool as I can be. But it's really hard to just put it out of your head or try to be cool about it because you're growing a human and you're excited and all of these things. So I tried to just do kind of expectation management and just tried to stay as calm as possible. But yeah, definitely like just waiting. I wanted to tell people and I was excited to tell people, but then I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think I know it's taboo to tell people you're pregnant too early. A lot of people aren't into that. I felt that it was important for me to tell the people around me, the closest people around me, because I said, if I have another miscarriage, I don't want to go through this alone. I want my support system around me. So, you know, of course, it'll be some sort of disappointment for them too, but I thought it was important to tell them. So I told, you know, the closest people around me and then I kept going, but that first trimester is really weird because you're kind of going through something in secret. And people don't see you as pregnant. So when you're at the grocery store carrying groceries out and you feel like crap and you're nauseous, people aren't like, oh, let me hold the door for you. Let me grab your groceries. You're just like miserable. Yeah. Yeah, Not exactly. to just project that on anyone, but there are a lot of miserable phases and it's, it's hard because people can't physically see it unless the people around you know it. Exactly. And it's like, that's the time that you're feeling, you're feeling nauseous or you're feeling tired or you're feeling run down. And it's kind of, yeah, it's the, it's this, it's so bizarre. It is a really bizarre period. I wish I would have asked for help more and then accepted help more with pregnancy. I think I had this mentality of like, no, I've got it. I can do it. And I just wanted to act like I could handle it all. Yeah. I actually never, I don't know that story. I feel like because you guys were in the limelight, you probably had to be more hush-hush about it before you announced that you were pregnant. Do you remember announcing being pregnant with Liv? Yeah, let's see. We told our parents, we got my mom a puppy and we said we had a surprise for them. That was kind of our joke. Like, we have a surprise for you we'd, at all the holidays. We'd tell them that. And so they'd be like, are you guys pregnant? We're like, no, we just got you guys massages. Like, we would just joke. And so we were like, we have a surprise for you. And and so they thought we were pregnant again. And we got my mom a puppy and we're like, we have a puppy for you. <laughs> and then right after that, we said, and we're pregnant. And the puppy came out with a little sign that we were pregnant. And so I believe we we said right after that, I think it was pretty early, like 12, was it 12 weeks? It was because that's when we thought it was a boy. And oh, then at yeah. 20 weeks, we found out it was in fact a girl. It was Liv. And... So yeah, People Magazine did a write-up that was like, it's a boy. And we did the whole reveal and the party. And then at 20 weeks, they did another article that said, actually, it's a girl. So funny. I still can't get over that story. I know. My sister will absolutely kill me if I tell the story of when I told them that I was pregnant, but we gave little gifts out. And my dad, the funniest thing is when he got it, it was like, a, he loves the Godfather. So we got him like the grandfather mug. 
And he, he like looked at it and he's like, what is this? What is this? And then all of a sudden, once he processed it, I have the video. He's like, shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. That's really cute. We're talking about all things pregnancy today, and the supplements we take are so important. We have an entire article on our site walking you through our favorite prenatals and supplements, and one of the most underused supplements before, during, and after pregnancy that I see as a dietitian nutritionist are probiotics. And this is the one supplement that I always recommend. Why? Taking a probiotic daily helps ensure we have the right balance of good bacteria in our gut for our health. I always say we need to start thinking about taking care of our gut just like we take care of our skin. The problem is not all probiotics are created equal, not even close. That's why we love Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. You'll get so much more out of your probiotic with Seed. Seed is different than other probiotics on the market because they combine probiotics and prebiotics together in this proprietary nested capsule system, which protects the probiotic bacteria from the harsh conditions in the GI tract, you know, our stomach and our small intestine, so that it actually makes it to your colon so you can get all of the benefits. Seed is the real deal, you guys. It improves digestion, eases bloating, and so much more. Probiotics have a much wider range of uses than just helping digestion. It helps with everything from boosting immunity to protecting against harmful bacteria and viruses. These tiny live organisms can have a big impact on our health, and I cannot recommend taking seed probiotics enough. If you're ready to start a new healthy habit today, visit seed.com living and use code living to redeem 20% off your first month of seeds DSO-1 daily symbiotic. That's seed.com living and use code living. You guys, it's truly a game changer for your gut health. Join Haley and I and try it out for yourself today. Something I was surprised to learn was that not everybody's water breaks like yeah. it does in the movies. Yes. My water, yours water did not break. My water, nope. my water broke. My water gushed in the most inopportune time all over the carpet. And when your water breaks, you want to look at it because it should be clear. And if the water is not clear, it's really disgusting, but it means that basically it can mean if it's like green tinged or a little bit of black in there, it can mean that your baby actually pooped inside of you. And so it might be a reason that you have to either get to the hospital faster or get the baby out faster. And that's what happened to me. So right when my water broke, I thought I was going to be birthing at home for this really long period of time. And it's like, oh, the baby's coming and you have some poop in that water that just broke. So Bryce went poop inside of you. So we got to go. And so that, that's something I actually had, I, even this is my specialty. I had no, I didn't, would not have even thought to have looked at that. Wow. So did you initially plan on having an at-home birth? I didn't. I always planned to deliver at the hospital, but I thought I was going to labor at home for a while. My labor was so fast. I mean, it's probably the opposite of anyone that had a long labor ever wants to hear. But with fast labors, there's a whole slew of things that come along with that. And so I 
I had the ECB and I went early. So his birthday or his due date was somewhere in June and he was born May 28th out of nowhere. Like it was my first contraction I have and then just bam, he was out. I think I had my first contraction at like 11 p.m. and he was born at 7 a.m. It was just in and out. Wow, for first baby. For first baby. And I'm petite. I thought like, okay, we're going, this is going to be a long haul. We're going to go late or I'm going to have to be induced or something like that. But that didn't happen. We may have touched on this on previous episodes, but I think really going into birth with having an intention, but not feeling like this is the end all be all because chances are it's not going to go as planned. And so just to to have a piece about that, I think is really helpful. Completely. And we're coming out with birth plans for you guys, but we're also coming out with postpartum plans because postpartum plans, we focus so much on the birth that we do nothing at the postpartum period. And so there are loose outlines to help you think through it, but just know neither one, not one of our pregnancies went exactly as planned and or birth went exactly as planned. I got an epidural. I didn't think I was going to be someone that got an epidural. And I am so grateful that I did. That walking epidural was probably my favorite thing during the whole time for me to be able to experience the birth. And so, yeah, good point, Haley. I like that. One of the first questions that I ever asked you when we met Jess is we were going to sit down to discuss my pregnancy nutrition. And I was so nervous because I was like, oh my gosh, I am only eating quesadillas and pizza right now and sourdough bread. Like she's going to think I'm crazy and she's going to be like, oh my gosh, we need to get you some spinach and kale. (laughs) And of course you were like, that's okay. You can just have a salad with it. And I was just floored that an LA nutritionist told me that that was okay. And I could have a salad with it. And I was like, I love you and, and you need to be in my life. So my question is, my long roundabout question is how healthy, quote healthy, do we have to eat when we're pregnant? Like what, what are some great foods that we can eat? And where's the balance of like eating healthy and then eating whatever I want to eat? Fantastic question. So let's talk about cravings because this is a big one. Cravings are real during pregnancy, but a lot they're not real in the sense of what a lot of times we're told. We're told when we have cravings during pregnancy, like, oh, that's what your body must be craving. Like you're craving that because your body doesn't have enough iron or you're craving that because it needs more sodium. It's actually what we crave during pregnancy actually has much more of an emotional tie. So usually those cravings will be around things that are comfort foods to you or things that when you were younger and you weren't feeling well that you would gravitate towards or things that just have a positive emotion. And so the cravings are really real, but it doesn't mean you're necessarily missing a nutrient from them. And so I love listening to cravings, right? So if you're craving a piece of bread when you're pregnant, you can go for having a piece of bread But the thing to remember is that although the amount of calories we need when we're pregnant doesn't change that much, so in the first trimester, there's actually no change. You don't need any more. The second trimester, you only need 340 calories more, which is like a small little snack. And that third trimester, it's 450. So it's not that we're not eating for two, right? The amount of calories that go up is not that much. But a lot of the nutrients increase by our needs increase by double. Some of them are up to 50%. So protein is one of those where we need more of them. 
So to answer your question about healthy versus unhealthy, I think we all just look at the types of foods that we're having, always gravitate towards the more real foods that we can. So if you're craving macaroni and cheese, have someone, if it's possible, make it for you as opposed to getting just like craft brand mac and cheese and trying to make our decisions not based on the calorie amounts, but based on where is the food coming from. And then I always say, just balance out that craving with some sort of nutrient dense item. So there are foods that I love and I should probably, I'll put up kind of my top favorite foods when this episode goes out. But what I told you, you have your pizza, that's great. Have a salad on the side because when you have nutrient dense foods like fruits and vegetables, you're helping meet that increased nutrient demand that your body has. So chia seeds, anywhere you can add chia seeds, they're great. They've got fiber, protein, omega-3 fatty acids, a lot of other things, all of which go up during pregnancy. Lentils, love lentils. You can do a lentil salad. You can do our lentil cauliflower tacos, which I'm Mm -hmm. obsessed with. That has protein in it. Avocado, probably one of my favorite pregnancy foods. If you could have avocado a day, it's got folate, magnesium, it's got monounsaturated fatty acids. So adding avocado to things, green leafy vegetables. So your iron needs go up a lot during pregnancy. So having green leafy vegetables, but always remembering to pair any source of plant-based iron. So whether that's beans, legumes, green leafy vegetables with a source of vitamin C, Because without the vitamin C, the iron is not unlocked and you can't absorb it. So I always say when you have spinach, you know this, Aileen, but when you have spinach, add lemon, orange, berries have vitamin C, bell peppers have vitamin C, add something to it and that will unlock the iron so you can absorb the iron. I'd say those are probably my my top foods. I love that trick of yours. For kids too, you need it. So when you're giving kids, just remember spinach with lemon. And then something just very random, but there's research that shows that kids can start to taste in utero so that your baby, when they're inside your belly, can start forming their taste buds. And so there's studies that show that kids, that moms that ate carrots in their third trimester, that the babies, when they started solids, they had an affinity towards carrots. So they'd already started having their taste buds form. So I don't say that to put pressure on anyone, but I say it in that third trimester, as much as you can eat the rainbow to kind of give different types of flavors, then that's an added bonus. I love that you said craft mac. Don't do craft mac and cheese. <laughs> Sorry, craft. Well, and if you can get it made, because it, I went back to like childhood foods, like craft mac and cheese, hot dogs, quesadillas, like all those things that like, a babysitter would make when they came over and like, why am I craving all of these things? But that's interesting that you said it. It's like a memory, a positive memory. Yeah. It's emotional. Yeah. What were your cravings? The same ones. And I think people come to me all the time because parents will always say like, okay, listen, when I was pregnant, I had this vision of myself that I was going to have this like very diet of a bunch of fruits and vegetables. And I was going to eat so healthy because I have a baby growing inside of me. And all I can tolerate are white bagels. Like, is my kid going to be okay? Am I okay? And the answer is yes, of course. And so as your nausea and things ease up the more that you can do what I told you to do, right? Of adding a salad or adding a smoothie or adding something nutrient dense into a meal, the better. My cravings were exactly yours. We're we're so similar with that bread. It was bread and lemonade. If I could just have sourdough bread or a bagel and lemonade, I was good. Crackers, all of mm-hmm. those things. Oh, orange juice. I bought a industrial size orange juice maker where you can put the whole orange in 
and just it chops it and it makes orange juice, fresh squeezed orange juice because I craved it that much. I loved fresh squeezed oranges when I was pregnant. Loved it. Actually, Lori, Lori Bregman has a really good juice that she recommends for nausea. It's a combination of ginger, celery, apples, and lemon. And it really, you can sip on it throughout the day. So if you have a juicer, you can make that. We should get, we should ask Lori if we can put that up on the site because it's a really good recipe. Yeah. Well, I know there's a hundred other things, so we should do a part two to this episode at some point, but everyone send in your questions, send in more questions about pregnancy, call our voicemail. Jess, what's the number? 833-444-FULL. And please let us know what you thought of this episode and write a review. Please make sure to subscribe as always. And thank you so much. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. It'd mean the world to us if you'd take a second to rate, review, and follow the show and tell your friends about it. It's the best way to support the show. And if you have any questions you want us to cover on the show, call our voicemail line at 833-444-FULL. We want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com for resources, courses, and to shop our favorites. Can't wait to see you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.